your reputation is so important. You need to build a reputation for something that is specific, something that is crystal clear that you can do really, really well. And it's not just about being liked by others. It's also about being trusted to do that job really well. Renata Bernardi, and this is the Job Hunting Podcast, where I interview experts and professionals and discuss issues that are important for job hunters and those who are working to advance their careers. So make sure that you subscribe and follow, and let's dive right in. Hello, job hunters and career enthusiasts, and welcome back to the Job Hunting Podcast. Or if you're new here, welcome. We are delighted to have you. And please, if you like, subscribe to this podcast wherever you found us and give us a five-star rating, write us a review to let me know how much you've appreciated the podcast and also to pay it forward. The more reviews we have on iTunes and other platforms, the better this podcast will perform and the more exciting the episodes will become in the future because I need to make sure that you're listening and that you're enjoying it. So don't be shy. Also very easily found on all my social media channels. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. And of course, you can sign up for my newsletter, which I send every Tuesday morning here in Australia. If you're somewhere else in the world, you'll receive it at a different time. But I send it out on 8 a.m. Tuesday mornings in Australia, and that includes the most recent episode of the Job Hunting Podcast, so you know it's out, and also a curated list of articles that I find online and that I think are great reads, because gosh, there's so much bad advice online for job hunters and people that are interested in advancing their careers. Some of the things makes me cringe. So whenever I find something that I really think it's worth sharing, I share it with my community. So sign up for that newsletter. You can find it on renatabernardi.com forward slash join and then you can register to receive it. You can go to my website. It's easy to register there. Or you can find the link in the episode show notes if you don't know how to spell my name, which is absolutely fine. So. Today, we're going to be talking about executive presence and how to prepare your executive presence for job interviews, job hunting, and career advancement. My goal is to always help you do really well in getting your next job and next promotion, but also make sure that you understand all these things that you are learning now can definitely be recycled and used to propel your career and have the best career that you want to have in the future, leading you towards all of your goals. So in this episode, we will focus on reputation and how important it is to manage your reputation during your career trajectory. And it's one of the most important assets that you have is your reputation. What other people think of you, your workplace performance, and how you behave around others will impact on their ability to consider you for promotions and for jobs when you're being interviewed. Because even if they don't know you, 
as you well know, it's very easy to know about you these days. It has always been the case that reputation precedes you. There's a quote and there's a saying, and that's the reason why. But your character and what people say about you and how you are perceived in the community says a lot about your competence, likability, and credibility as a professional. For example, you know, and it's not just for job hunters, you these days probably wouldn't visit a restaurant or book an Airbnb without consulting the reviews and the comments of people that have been there and stay there. You probably know this because if you're following me and you see my newsletters, you know that I've booked all of our Airbnbs and we went to all of the restaurants that had very high ratings everywhere we went in regional New South Wales and regional Victoria here in Australia. And even the smallest cafes, you know, if all you want is to have a coffee in a small town, you can just Google it and find the one that, with the highest rating and go there. So, of course, for people that are applying for jobs, this will also play a huge part in the decision maker's consideration when choosing the next person that they want to employ. It's unlikely that anyone that will hire you, be introduced to you and so on, will do that without checking your formal references, but also anything else that they can find about you online. And if you're looking for a job and you're currently in transition, your network will play a huge part in recommending you to others and inviting you for coffees, if making introductions, advocating for you, championing for you. So this is probably something that you need to think about in long term. And I don't want you to listen to this podcast and think, oh boy, you know, I haven't done anything yet. And now here I am without a job. There are ways around it. There are ways that you can job hunt now without having had all of this work done. But there is no place like now and there's no time like now to start doing this so that you have better control of the outcomes of your career in the future, right? So because you haven't done this before, doesn't mean you shouldn't do this in the future. Listen to this podcast, be humble about all the things that I'm going to say and be very strategic from now on on how you present yourself. Because people will advocate for you and people want others to succeed. You may have had a bad experience, maybe, I know I've had quite a lot, where you felt people weren't advocating for you. But one of the things that most surprised me whenever I was made redundant or left a job is how many people came to support me. And yes, I am fairly extroverted and I do have a wide network and I've had to have a, a wide network because my background is business development. And that means that I, you know, it's part of my job to build connections for my employers. And of course, when you're building connections for your employers, it happens that you build connections for you as well, for you professionally. They become your connections as well as your employer's connections. So when people found out I had left a job, a lot of people came and reached out to me to help and support and find out if I needed anything. And I got many opportunities out of those connections. 
So make sure that you remember to work on that. And if you struggle with that in any way, reach out to me for a consultation and I can give you some tips and share with you some of my IP on how to make networking easier for everyone. It's not just for extroverts. Nothing annoys me more than searching for information online and finding a gazillion articles about how cringeworthy networking is. And, oh gosh, don't we all hate networking, but you have to do it. Oh, I, it gets me really upset because it's just connecting with people. It's just about making sure that you listen to others, that you relate and you engage in a meaningful way with other people all around you. And there is no reason why there needs to be this dichotomy between your personal life and your professional life. And, you know, you're going to connect with your cousins and your high school friends and your long-term friends in a very meaningful way. And then everybody else at work, you're going to connect in a very detached, transactional way. No, you know, they're all humans. They're all wonderful people in all areas of your life. and. That's what we just have a different name for it. And professionally, we call it a network. That is all. And other than that, it shouldn't be any different. You should treat people coming into your life in a way that adds value to their life and to yours. So in many ways, what you want is to get as many five stars as you can get when you are connecting in a professional way at work as a job seeker and bring a smile to people's faces. Make sure that they like you and they trust you. I make that differentiation because trusting someone is more important than even liking someone. You know, you really want to make sure that you're not only liked by the recruiter, but they trust you to be a great candidate for their clients, or if you're talking directly to their clients, that the employer trusts you with their business. And I say this because sometimes you can be a very likable person, but if people don't have a feeling that you can be trusted with their business, they won't hire you. I have lots of people I love, but I don't trust. Think about it in your life, right? Like, I love all of my friends, but would I go to business with them? Maybe not. And it's not only because I'm afraid of losing my friendship. It's because I don't think that they're good business people. They might be good at what they do. They might be nurses. They might be financial advisors. They might be engineers. But they are not business people. Why would I, you know, sign up to have a business with somebody that doesn't have that experience? This is why your reputation is so important. You need to build a reputation for something that is specific, something that is crystal clear that you can do really, really well. And it's not just about being liked by others. It's also about being trusted to do that job really well. The truth is that this social proof holds weight, whether you're deciding where you're going to eat in a new city like I did when I was traveling, or you're tracking down references for a potential hire. And when I say tracking down references, I'm not just saying the referees at the bottom of your resume. I'm also thinking about all of the information that you have online about you 
and what people may say about you if you're, for example, going for a promotion. I think it's really hard in the situation where you are going for a job in your current organization and you might be competing with an external candidate or many external candidates because there is a lot more of your reputation at stake. Does that make sense? Like a lot of people in your organization already have made up their minds about you. And that's why sometimes it can take a while for me to work with a client to get them to a stage where they're ready for promotion internally. For example, I had a client I was working with since 2019 and a lot of bridges had been burned internally in the organization. And this client was incredibly passionate, incredibly skilled and experienced and was really, he felt and I felt, ready for more responsibilities. But the way that he had communicated that in the past hadn't been very positive. And you might relate to this or maybe not. I know that a lot of my clients have a really big challenge dealing with office politics or when the power at B gets split into half and they may have sided with the wrong side and the other side actually, you know, succeeded and they may have had an advocate or a champion that have left the organization, for example, and that puts them in a very fragile situation in the business. Have you been in this situation? I know that lots of my clients have, and this was the case with this client. And it took us a year. We worked together for a year turn things around. And when there were actually quite a few, I think there were three job opportunities for him to move forward and be promoted. And he had the uh, support of his manager. And, you know, there were still a couple of things playing there, but he was definitely going to get one of those three promotions for sure. He, in fact, got a job outside externally. And, you know, it says a lot about how over that time we were able to turn things around but also it shows you how long it can take to turn things around. And I will explain to you why now. So I'm going to give you tips about your reputation and how you can turn things around if you have kind of neglected it for a while and also why it's important to do so. First of all, your reputation will enhance or it will decrease your gravitas, the way that you present yourself, that it factor, right? Because no matter how good your gravitas is when you walk into a job interview, or walk into an important meeting to negotiate your salary, your promotion, your reputation precedes you. People have already made up their minds, either by what they saw on LinkedIn or if you have other open social media channels, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and so on. Or if you're going for internal promotion, whatever you have said in the past 12, 18 months will also affect that presence in the room, right? People have already made up their minds. So this is the first thing that you need to consider. And if you want to understand more about Gravitas, please go to episode 82, where I discuss that a bit more in depth. The second thing is that people will have formed an opinion of you before they meet you. So the points above what I've discussed above can enhance or decrease the opinion they will have. So if people will have a formed opinion of you before they meet you, it's important for you to manage your reputation as much as possible. And 
if you think about you as a professional who brings in revenue for your household, you're thinking about you as a structure, as an organization. So I like to kind of make this unemotional decision about this part of your personal strategy because we do these things for the organizations we work for all the time and for one reason or another we neglect to do it for ourselves so think about your connections since childhood colleagues at work bosses clients professors friends ask them you know to help you weave this reputation ask them what they think of you and how they would describe you and i know it's awkward and they might feel awkward but explain to them that this is an important exercise that you really need to do to support your career development and see what you can learn from that the other thing that you need to consider is your online presence i've discussed this before in other previous episodes but linkedin facebook what shows up on google search Twitter. You know, every time I'm doing a LinkedIn audit, as you know, it's one of my services. If you're new here, you probably don't know. So check it out on my website and I'll have a link in the episode show notes. When I do LinkedIn audits, I will tell you a secret. I actually look at everything that I can find about the person. So I just, I don't just do the LinkedIn audit. And if I find that there are things there that need to be managed on Facebook or Google search or Twitter, I let them know. Look, you know, you have all these things here showing up on Google. Did you know that if people Google your name, they are showing up? Because, you know, sometimes I have found things that are really inappropriate and people may not have even searched their name, so they don't know. Or, you know, sometimes people may have very strong opinions about politics or something that's happening in the world and they share that on Twitter. But is is it a good idea to do that when you're job searching? Probably not. So you have to be very good at managing how you're showing up in this online world that we have today because everything is searchable. And the third thing that I want you to consider and manage to the best of your ability is your how you're showing up at work. You know, the successes and your failures. It's okay to fail. You know, we will fail a lot throughout our careers. But how do you manage that and how do you overcome that? What do you learn from it is an important thing that you need to learn to describe and build a narrative so that you show up confidently in interviews. And if there is something in your career that you think needs to be addressed or that could be brought up in an interview or a conversation, you really feel confident about your answer and that you know how to to answer and to address it in a way that you feel good about it and you you know that that's you know your truth and you know that that's going to resonate well with the listener as well and if you feel comfortable learn as much as you can along the way you know ask for feedback as often as you can It's complicated these days because my clients and my community tells me all the time that they're not getting good feedback anymore. And I understand that that's really frustrating if you're a job hunter, if you're going to interviews and frankly preparing a whole lot for those interviews and then never hearing back. It can be so frustrating. But even if you don't hear anything back, hindsight can be very helpful for you to kind of looking back, sort of 
do your own personal review of your situation at work. If it was something in your career that you, you feel you need to address now or in a job interview, if it's something that, you know, a job that you really wanted, you didn't get, is there something that you can learn by reviewing in your mind, you know, the body language, your answers to the questions, how the engagement was during those points in time, during the recruitment and selection process? Was there anything there that you think is telling you how it's going? And I always tell my clients, and I'll tell you, trust your instincts. You know, our body sometimes can be very dumb and make us really fearful when all we're going to is a job interview or reacting too negatively to rejection when all that happened is we didn't get a job we didn't have. But has been designed to also be react really instinctively to body language, to eye contact. All of these things are survival mechanisms that we have and we've bypassed that with too much rationalization, in my view. But if you had a little bit of an instinct that things didn't go well, you know, I remember I once went for a job interview. It was quite recent. It was for an entering executive role. It was with Watermark. And the headhunters were very keen for me to go and talk to this client. They felt I was an excellent fit for what they had available. And off I went. And I was really excited about the opportunity. As soon as I walked in, I felt a heaviness, very heavy sort of energy in the room. And I was interviewed by two people that were facing each other. And I was at the corner of the table. And frankly, I picked up that they basically didn't get along. And they were probably, now I know that they were probably at odds about the position and the need for that role to be available. And I walked out of the room sat in my car and I called Watermark and I said, I just have this feeling that it went really wrong and I just want you to know it wasn't my fault. There was just this really odd energy in the room and my feeling is that these two people don't get along and they really disagree about the role. Am I right? And, you know, they told me that, yes, that that's right. So it's not that easy to read the room, especially if you're so focused on your performance and so focused on the answers that you need to give. And frankly, I think I've developed that because I, I went to a lot of interviews over my lifetime and, and it just makes me a little bit more aware. So don't worry if you still don't have that, but maybe it's something that you can nurture and that you can train yourself to pick up so that if you don't get a formal feedback, you at least know something that went wrong. And sometimes it's something you said. So I have noticed at times that I would answer a question and I would lose the audience. You know, I could tell that by losing eye contact, people looking down and making notes and then I learned a few techniques to win them back, which is what I share when I do my coaching. Find me on social media and send me your ideas or sign up for my newsletter. Then you can reply back and let me know what you're thinking. I love to hear back. All right, I'll see you next week. Bye.